Amen. We're starting a series on the Bible. Y'all ready? We're going to dig into the Word of God. There's some things that maybe you didn't know that I believe the Holy Spirit's going to show you about the Bible and things that uh, you need help with. It's in the Word. And uh, just to lay it out, it's a library of 66 different books. Did you know that? You know, Genesis to Revelation, 66 different books, 46 authors. 1,500 years it, over time it was written, 1,500 years, and it's cross-referenced. They, they speak to each other. Huh? Three continents, three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It's the inspired Word of God. It was inspired and is written by holy men of old, is what the Bible says. The New Testament talks about the Old Testament, holy men of old. So uh, what you need to get in your mind is, is you need to say, you know what, I believe it. I believe the Bible. I don't understand it all. Nobody does just yet, but I still believe that it's true. And so don't let the devil wreck the Word of God with you. Too many times we let religion, the devil, people bring confusion to our lives. Now, the Bible's going to, you know, the Bible teaches us that God's going to judge us by what we believe. So we need to believe the Word of God as best of our ability as we can. But you know what? I don't think even where you've missed it, I've read where, uh, uh, the revivals in past, and their doctrine was so goofy, but God still used them to save people. Don't, 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 don't be so hard on somebody else that don't believe like you. Because you may find out you don't believe right. I have. And so we got to learn to judge the Word with the Word. The Bible backs itself up. And, the, you know, just like we have a court, a court, our court system, our judicial system is built on the Word of God. Everything our country is generally built on the Word of God. But if you think the Bible says, let two or more witnesses establish something. If Clayton and I are going to court and he has one witnesses and I got 10, I'm going to win. The Word of God will back itself up. And, but people who take one scripture and just kind of make it fit and form the way they want it to, you got to look at the whole thing. If it doesn't make sense or doesn't bear witness or something just not right there, got to dig it out. Go dig it out. Just don't, you know, and if somebody's really adamant about something and they preach something real, real hard, you need to back up and look at it because they're trying to force you to believe something. And then we end up taking that attitude and not, Jesus didn't have that attitude. He had that attitude with religious people. And so let's dig into the Word. Let's look at it. We're going to lay some foundation. And uh, I, I Missed this one. I didn't put it in your notes, but if you want to write it down, you need to look at it. Psalms 138, 2. She's got it on the board up there, and it says, I will worship towards your holy temple. Praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. What does God think about the Bible? He has magnified his word above his name. What? Yeah, this is kind of important, isn't it? And so, so as we look at this, let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given for inspiration of God and is prof profitable. The Word of God is profitable, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, that's a rebuke, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Word of God, and nobody likes to be rebuked. Nobody likes, but you know what? You correct your kids all the time. Let's ease down off that roof right there. That could be a rebuke. But you're trying, God's trying to keep you. God's trying to protect you. But if you look at all these things, anybody ever heard that the Lord's trying to teach me something? He gave you the Bible. That's how he's trying to teach you something. If Jesus was trying to teach people stuff to, with sickness or pain or poverty or lack, you would have saw it in the Bible. But Acts 10, 38 says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the Bible's given for instruction. 
and to change you. Not some sickness. It's nowhere in the Bible. People just make that, well, the Lord just, he's probably, you've, you've missed it somewhere and the Lord's putting something on you to straighten you out. He gave you the Word of God to straighten you out. But you got to read it. You got to get into it. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Jesus is talking. And so as we look at Jesus and the Word, we need to, to understand that they're one and the same. And, and let's go to number one. God's Word is God's way. Or when God spoke His Word to the, old, the, the, men, the holy men of old, that became law. We don't look at it like law. We look at it like, well, you know, I can do it if I want to, if I want to or not. But how about it's a law? How about and you break the law enough, it catches up with you? Not that God catches up with you. The Bible says you reap what you sow. And if it's a law in the Word, it's trying to protect you. Hmm? Okay, is there a bunch of kids in here? Did all the kids leave? Because I might get a little graphic. You know old Suki Suki over there that looks good? Everybody else thinks she looks good. And everybody else is after her too. And she's already got what you don't want. And that's an STD. Let's just get with it. Let's get real. Because the consequences of sin is death. And it may not kill you right off, but you're going to, you know. Man, I've had to take youth to the doctor before. And I'm like, dude, this ain't what it's about. You know, there's sin and, and there's, you know, as, drinking. Drinking too much. Here's a funny one. Y'all ready? This guy, he's a pastor now. He wasn't in. This guy said, I'd love to go to church with you, but they won't let me go because I'm an alcoholic. He said, how about we do a Bible study? And this is what the Word does. He sat down, did a Bible study with him, said, you mind if I drink a beer? He said, I guess not. They're doing a Bible study, and he's drinking a beer. Next Friday, he brings a buddy. They're doing a Bible study. And he said, mind we drink a beer? They both pop a top. Religious people are like, what? The next Friday, three people show up. They're all alcoholics. They're all drinking while they're doing the Bible study. Six weeks go by. Six people come. They're alcoholics. And one by one, as the Bible study goes on, they quit drinking. God takes the Word of God, begins to work in their life, and they begin to change. But guess what? Because they drank in their 40s and 50s, most of them died of cirrhosis of the liver. They reap what they sown. We don't look at that, but we want to top it. Well, they're drunk. They can't go to heaven. No, God can change them. God can save them and deliver them. We got to take that mindset that God, Jesus went to those people. But you know what? We come out of that and we look down at people like that. And that was you two years ago. That was you, you, you know, that was you five years ago. Mercy and grace has been extended to everybody. That's what the Bible teaches us. And so we have got to, to extend that mercy and grace. But let's look at Isaiah uh, 55.8 if you want to turn in your Bible. The Bible's God's autobiography, and it's the way to everlasting life. It's the way to miracles. But look at what God said. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. Now, hold on just a second. I've heard people preach that, well, you can't know God's ways because his ways are higher than yours, and you're so lowly, and you're just a low-down sinner, and God is higher than you. You can't know. No, the Bible's given us to know God. We can know him. So here's the example. Let's keep reading. Here's the example. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and does not return there, the water, but waters the earth and, bring, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Stop. Just like it rains down, God sends his word down, that it gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Because look what it says. We keep going. So shall my word. So shall my promises. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It becomes law. It should be established in your heart. It shall not return void to me. That means empty. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Now, God's Word prospers. Your part is to believe it and take a hold of it and start doing it His way. 
See, there's unbelief that we just don't believe God's Word, but then there's pride, which is another form of unbelief that, well, you know, I, I, I just believe I need to do it this way, which you're saying, my way. The five greatest words is what does the Word say? The ten worst words is I just think I, I want to do what I want to do. That's the ten worst words. And so, the, the, you know, has anybody ever heard the Lord works in mysterious ways? That's not a scripture. He's not mysterious. He doesn't want to be mysterious. He wants to be known. If the Lord works in mysterious ways, his, his what is it? Uh, his mysterious way, his wonders to perform. That came from a, from a poem at the turn of the century. And everybody grabs hold of that, will you? And, they, and something that maybe God does or something good happens and it maybe was God. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, you just fumbled and bumbled up into the blessing of God. But you know what? We're supposed to go after him. We're supposed to live a life for God and the blessing comes so we can continue to live for him and that we can do stuff for other people. Do you, don't th you not know that the disciples went out, Jesus sent them out. He said, don't take a cloak, coat, an extra coat. Don't take any money, no food, no sword. Don't take anything, but go and watch God take care of you is what he's saying. Preach the gospel and watch. But none of the time he sent them out, take your gun, take your coat, take your shoes, take everything. So you just got to be led, but know that God's going to take care of you. God's going to cover you. They didn't have guns. They had swords. He said, take your sword. Some of y'all didn't catch that, but anyway. So listen, as we go through this series, don't try to interpret the Bible. Let it interpret you. If something kind of that we find in the Word and it kind of, maybe you need to change. Maybe you need to change. You need to let it change you. Let it soften your heart. Let, let, let it be a seed planted. Let it be like the rain that, and let it water the seeds that are already in your heart. And so you begin to change and be like Jesus. And so let's go to number two. And I say this often because you've got to get it and you've got to understand Jesus is the Word. He's always, He's the Word of God. They're one and the same. In John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in Genesis, when God said, let there be light, he said, Jesus was the Word spoken. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And I'm going to bounce down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the angel spoke God's word to Mary, you shall conceive a child. How can this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. She said, be it unto me. That's how you answer every promise in the Bible. Be it unto me. Ooh, I like that. Be it unto me. You ever go to a buffet? No, I don't want any ham, but this roast beef looks good. Be it unto me. Huh? Find that scripture. Grab a hold of it. Eat it. Put it in your heart. Say it. What do you have for lunch? I had roast beef, and oh, it was good. What do you have? Oh, I, I, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I had Deuteronomy for lunch. Huh? See how, see, uh, somebody, Shirley, how do you know all those scriptures? She put them in her heart, and they come out of her mouth. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Not just to get saved, but the, with the heart, man believes, and out of his mouth, confession is made unto the promise, becomes true in his heart. All the promises of God are yes and amen. But I'm looking at a room and even look at myself, that not all the promises are yes and amen in my life because I'm not working that promise. I work a healing promise, but maybe I'm not working, a, uh, uh, looking for the blessing or the favor promise. Favor, yeah. Favor's in the Bible. Huh? How about peace? I don't know what I'm going to do. 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 That's not peace. Oh, at 2 a.m. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not peace. Shh. Okay, Lord, I'm through with this mess. You said that I can have peace that passes understanding. I need that peace right now. That's how we grab a hold of it. 
Look at this, John 6, 63. Jesus said, this is in red, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So, when you read the word, the word, uh, and speak the word, you're filling up with Jesus. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you an example of, of the Bible. As just reading the Bible, it can be logos, Greek words. And you can read that David killed Goliath, and man, that's a good story. That's exciting. Or Noah built the ark. What a great story. And then uh, uh, David killed Goliath. Man, that's a cool story. But if it's, it's logos, it's just a story. But when it becomes rhema and you begin to meditate on it and you realize, you know, I heard all those stories when I was a little boy going to Sunday school and going to class in children's church. But, but when I became a man about 24, 25, I started meditating on them and David killed Goliath by faith. And Noah built that ark because it had never rained. And he didn't, you know, nobody knew what rain was. But God said, build this boat. And by faith, he began to build this boat. And 120 years building this. You stupid idiot. You need what is it? No water around here. You're building a boat, man. What is wrong with you, Noah? You don't think he got ridiculed? Oh, of course. They came by and laughed at him. A man building a boat on the side of a mountain. But the rains came. By faith. They trusted God. They believed in God. It's more than just a story. So it became spirit and life to me that I need to trust God, that I need to follow God, that I need to follow him with all my life, with all my heart, and to learn to, 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 to get into the word and let the rest of the word become spirit and life to me. Because it's not just something that we figure out and, well, I don't want that and I don't want that. It's supposed to be all for us. And it may not be revealed to you yet. You may not have dug things out. And you know what? I say things sometimes and people are like, oh, I've never heard that, Pastor. Dig it out. And I am welcome to, let's just, just break the scriptures up. Let's figure it out because we're supposed to dig into it. And I'm supposed to, to stir you up. So you need rhemas in your life. God-given words. God spoke to you and gives you a rhema like, oh, yeah. That's what that is. Woo, I'm going to live that. And you take a hold of it. And you got, you got spirit now. You got the Holy Spirit back in the Word of God. You know he wants to back the Word of God? Most of the time, we live our life on our own, doing our own thing, and we got to quit. We got to start asking for help. Come on, you know you got a knucklehead kid somewhere, and you, you need some help with him. I've got, I'm not, I ain't going to say that. We all have. But our, our, ain't going to talk about your spouse either. But, but you know, job and, and, and life, you're dealing with people. You're dealing with people all the time, but you know what? God will help you. So number three, and this is going to mess some people up, so let's get on it right now. God's Word is the controlling factor. God's Word is supposed to be the controlling factor in your life. It is the controlling factor in the universe. You know, some scientists, and I don't have the figures in front of me, if we were like a, uh, just a uh, a few miles closer to the sun, we'd burn up, and if we were a few miles away from the sun, we'd freeze. Do we just kind of like got a perfect orbit going on? What's that about? It's God. Huh? It's perfect for us. And, and so as, as we look at these things, I'm going to read this in the Amplified, and if God's a controlling factor, you need to agree with the Word of God. Colossians 1.16 it says, for by him all things were created in heaven and earth. And we know that from Genesis. We read that in John 1, 1, in the beginning was, you know, was the Word. The Word was with God. Visible and invisible. And that's where a lot of us miss it because we walk by the visible. But there's an invisible world going on, people. There's a demonic force. There's an angelic force. There's powers and principalities that are working in our, in our government and the governments of the world trying to sway men to do crazy things. When you see crazy things coming out of the government, there's an enemy behind that. Okay, let's, let's keep going. And, and so whether it be thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his activity and for him. 
And he himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. So when things get out of control, we got to go to God's Word. Now, I know, I know, I, uh, okay, I'm listening. You hear that question? Well, why is all this bad happening if God's the controlling force? I mean, look at all the evil in the world. Why don't God do something? He did. First of all, your answer's in Genesis, in the Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. God made man, male and female, he, he, he made them, he created them, and then he said, take dominion over the earth, subdue it, you control it, name the animals, speak to the weather. What? You're in control now. He gave them a free will. If he had not given them a free will, then they were made to, to worship him. But he wanted man to choose to live for him and to be in his family. And God's not a twister and a room and I will make you want you. You straighten up, I'll come down there and get you. That's not God. God said, my ways are better. My ways are a whole lot easier. Come on, drugs aren't the way. Come on up here. Come on, start thinking the way I think. I love you. I love you. I'm sending Jesus because he loves you too. And let me take you out of that mess in the muck and the mire. You see, he sent his word. And we have to use his word. See, Guess what? Men, a lot of men don't follow God's word. The evil is the absence of goodness. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Evil or goodness? God, light or darkness? See, it's been a proven fact, and it's you probably heard this, that a man who has total control becomes a tyrant. You look at some of these governments that we got going on. War going on in Russia and Ukraine. Why? Russia said, I want that. I want this. I want control. God's not in that. God's about peace and love, but men will not follow God. They want to follow their ways. I just want to do what I want to do, and I want to take over. Hmm? Jesus came to be the king of the world, and he first came as a lamb. He is coming back to take over. Make no mistake about it. He's coming back, but guess what? I don't worry. I'm not worried about him coming back to get me because I'm coming back with him. I'm going to be in that number, and so are you. But our part is to learn how to pray, to bind powers and principalities, the rulers of darkness, instead of saying, that Russian-Ukraine war is horrible. It's terrible. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. That's a prayer. Did you see that hurricane? They got a typhoon. Uh, That's the worst one in two. They're trying to make it bad. Notice the news, how bad they make everything. It's the worst one, and I thought maybe the worst one in history before I could finish reading. It's the worst one in the last two years. But it's the worst one. No, it's not. It's the worst one in the last two years. But see how they want to make it. How That's a prayer. And now everybody's talking about it's the worst one. It's the worst one. It's the worst one. It's probably going to get a Category 6. It's the worst one ever. You see how we get in that negative seat. The sin nature is on the inside of us, and so we have to dominate that. The sin nature makes you negative, makes you want to slap somebody. It is. That's the sin nature. The sin nature in you that, that, that you want to believe evil is everywhere. But you a minute, you have the, you as a believer have the righteous, you have a righteous nature on the inside of you, and you need to be pursuing God and praying God down in the situation. Holy Spirit, help us. Father, send angels to help us. Help those people in the Ukraine. Man, there's all kinds of mixed up stuff going on. You get into the politics of that mess. Don't even go there. Go to the Word. 
Bind all of that unseen stuff. You know men do unseen stuff that we don't know about, and you find out about it. That can't be true. Oh, yeah. It's time for us to pray the Word of God. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to know what the Word says and begin to pray it. Not just make up something, but pray. The, and the, the Bible teaches to bind powers and principalities, that we have authority over them. Instead of saying, well, it's looking bad, it's looking bad, it's looking bad. Most of y'all are living in a life that's looking bad. And it's because of that. It looks bad. It looks bad. It's, it's getting worse. You're releasing your faith. I always use it. God said, in the beginning, God created heaven's earth. Darkness was upon the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit hovered upon the waters, and God said, whew, sure is dark out there. No, he didn't. He did not speak the problem. He spoke the answer. Quit speaking your problems. Speak the answer that you want. Anybody can see the problem. Did y'all see that? Yeah, I saw it. Man, it's terrible. Whoo, it's dark out there. Learn to speak. Wait a minute. Find that scripture. Dig it out. I, I got a book out there that's free that's full of promises you need to get and learn to speak that promise to that situation, and then you'll watch it change. You'll watch it change. And if it's in you, sometimes you might need to fast a little bit. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. It helps us to believe because our flesh I am not the only one who has ever eaten because they were depressed or ever eaten because they were sad, who's ever emotionally ate. I may not look like it, but I have. I've eaten a whole bucket of ice cream. I've eaten 24 donuts in one setting. Don't, don't tell me. I, I know. And, you know, you get them good and hot, and they're easy because they melt in your mouth and not in your hand. But they do melt in your hand. You have to lick them clean. We emotionally eat. That's our flesh. We emotionally eat. We do all these things, but we learn how to, we got to take dominion over our flesh because that's us really agreeing with that it's just horrible. And I'm trying to get to feel better. I want to eat some candy, some ice cream or something to make me feel better. But the Bible says that we can go to his word and we can feel better. You learn how to pray and pray in the spirit and joy comes. And people, people want to, they want to, uh, I need three shots of whiskey. Come on, put, 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 give it here. I need three shots of the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, it's learn what you lean on. It's okay to lean on certain things, but, man, you can't stay there. You can't, you know, there's not a whole lot in this world to lean on. It's the Word of God is that we lean on, and it stirs us up to live for God. And His ways are better. You know, if somebody ever told you, hey, you know, we're on this trail, but this is the shortcut. It's not quite as steep. That's the way I want to go. You know, you want to follow God, and you want to go his way. And sometimes it may seem harder because everybody else is doing what they want to do. And you, you're not. I know my feelings are hurt. Brittany went to college. She took several college courses in the summer. And when she got there, all her friends, they roomed together, but they had the easy courses that she took in the summer. And she's like, I got all the hard ones now. And they're, they're able to have fun. And I said, well, you know what? You're going to finish way ahead of them. you got to look at the end goal. Life is tough. It can be hard. But the Word of God gives you the strength and the power to make it through, to push through. And look at the reward on the other side. You just want an easy life? I deserve an easy life. You don't deserve anything but what Jesus gives you. I deserve a 157-inch screen TV, Pastor Brett. Well, you can't even afford your monthly rent. What are you going to do, get a 157-inch screen TV? I've talked to people. I need a car. Dude, I love your tattoos, but that would have bought you a car. That's $3,000 worth. Nothing saying. I'm not being ugly about it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against tattoos. That's fine. You can afford them. But you're asking me to help you with your rent. And I'm like, that's a $700 tattoo. It's fresh on you, man. 
Or they called, they knew it's payday's Thursday. Hey, dude, you got money, let's go party. He goes and takes everybody partying. I said, you didn't have no money to party. Don't learn how to handle money. Don't learn how, you don't, the Bible teaches us to have a storehouse. That means a, a savings account, a bank checking account and a savings account. Build that savings account up. Washing machine may go out. That's what the Bible teaches. People, I had a, another preacher argue with me. I said, you know, prosperity is in the Bible. He said, oh, no, because everybody preaches against prosperity. I said, God's provision is in the Bible. It says that he'll give you, a, a, he gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. You sow, you plant. They were talking about planting corn out there. What kind of corn you plant and what kind of corn you plant? And I'm like, shoot, I ain't even got a garden. and got nothing to deal. But they're planting corn. But you can plant the word of God in your heart and receive a harvest. And you can plant things into the kingdom of God. And I always preach about it. If you want joy, go plant some joy. Go call somebody. All right, Lord, who's discouraging? I need some, I need some encouragement, but let me encourage somebody because I need to plant some. And I get on the phone and I start calling somebody or calling this one or calling that one or calling some pastor. I'm ready to quit. No, you can't quit. You know, I said, I'm coming to work for you when I get one to quit. And he said, well, I thought I'd come to work for you. I said, you stay where you're at. You keep working. I'm going to stay where I'm at and keep pushing the kingdom of God. Because you need to call somebody, and then somebody will call you. Clayton said he was a little discouraged about something, and I gave him, I told him that he did, encouraged him. I said, man, you did good. You're doing great. He goes, man, thank you. Encouragement, because you need to be encouraged. That's planting the seed. Love is planting the seed. Joy, you plant the seed. Plant a seed of the Word of God. The Bible teaches in Mark 4 that the Word, the sower sows the Word. What are you sowing in your life? What are you planting? You need to be planting the Word of God. So, <laughs> but people want to go, why this, why that, why? My mama called me last week. My brother sent me a picture of a dead snake. And I go, okay, what, what, what's going on? My mom got a call. She, somebody invited her out to eat. So the washing machine was going. She cuts the washing machine off. It's full of water and left the lid on it. And she goes to eat. And uh, she comes back to turn it on, and there's a snake crawling out of the washing machine. And it's not in the garage. It's in the house. She slams the lid down on it and smashes it but, and trying to kill it and everything. And it's flopping around. And she calls my brother. And, yeah, she's going... And, and that's what they were doing. And she said, I can't let this thing loose in the house. I won't be able to stay here. And so my brother comes, and he's, he's chasing around trying to kill it too. And he finally kills it, and they take it outside. And here's the question. And this is when something bad happens, people. How'd that thing, how'd it happen? How'd it get in? Why'd it get in? What's it looking for? What do we do? I've had people get cancer. Why did this happen to me? What did I do? Why did this happen? You know what? There's a curse in the earth. Come on. In the garden, the snake, which represented the devil, came to Adam and Eve and said, Eat. You need the knowledge of good and evil. God said, All you need the knowledge of is me. God is better than good. They didn't need the knowledge of good and evil. He would have gave them that. But why was it even in there? Why was that tree even in there? Because it belonged to God, and he wanted them to learn to trust him. Why? Because you have a free choice to, to follow him or not. Even today, you have a free choice to put the word of God in your heart and life or not. You can walk out of here and never pick up a Bible. But if you'll read the Bible five days out of the week, it'll change your life. If you're an alcoholic, it'll change. You'll quit drinking. It's what happens. People quit watching porn if they read their Bible five days a week. It's true. They've got the statistics, and I'll break them down as we go on later on. But, but you have got to get the Word of God and put it number one in your heart and cut off the TV sometimes. See, fasting's not a diet. Fasting's that you're giving up food to chase God. All right, it's lunchtime. I'm supposed to be eating. I'm going to study the Word right now. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to give God some priority in my life. He should be the number one priority, but you got to start somewhere. Every one of us need to get back in the Word and, 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 and stay in it. Here's number four, our part. 
is to meditate the word. And here's where, where the logos, just reading the stories, become rhema. And we need the word of God become alive in us, and that's how we do that, by meditating, and then God's thoughts become your thoughts, and then God begins to change your life, and you go, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to quit watching that. I need to quit saying that. I need to quit doing that. So it's our part to meditate. In Proverbs 4.20, and we'll read through 24. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Hmm. How many of you know the word of God was health to your flesh? Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Now, now, so, so what he's saying is give attention to the word and incline my ear to, to the sayings. Put it in your heart. For out of your heart comes the issues of life. If things coming out of your mouth, like I be dang, or use the other word, there's kids in here, I just can't see for the lights, but. Use the other word. That means totally to, to be totally destroyed. You know, well, that ain't going to happen. You say it enough. See, words are powerful. Words are carriers. Um, I have pockets on these blue jeans, and, oh, I do. I've got 37 cents I'm carrying. But the words in my mouth are the most powerful thing in my life. Not the money I have, it's not the car I drive, not the house I live in, it's the words of my mouth. They're the most powerful things in my life. And they carry. Words carry hatred, words carry uh, prejudice, words carry a fight. If any of y'all been married for something, you know what to say to tick your spouse off. You can say it, and, and you say it on purpose, too. And you know the words start a fight. You see two boys. I mean, when we was in school, these boys going round and round. And, they, and, and, and one boy said that one's scared and the other one's glad of it. Because they didn't really want to fight. They were goaded into it by words. You're going to let him say that to you. And somebody around, put the stick on his shoulder. And you, if he knocks that off, you're going to have to get him. And they're provoking a fight with words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It is a lie. Words hurt, words, uh, you know, I, I said, when I went to the principal's office, he would sit there and lecture us for an hour. I said, give me my whipping and get me out of here. Man, you're just eating me up with your words. I didn't realize that was, but he ate us up, and I can't believe y'all do this, and this and that and the other, and, I'm, and then he's going to still whip me too, and I'm like, give me the whipping. Y'all don't know, y'all didn't get whippings. That's what's wrong with half of y'all. Y'all didn't get a whipping in school. <laughs> I got more than one anyway. But the thing about it is, is, is we've got to live the Word of God, and words are powerful. So we need to be inclining our ears not to what the world's saying, not what the news is saying, not even what your neighbor's saying, but what Jesus is saying. Because the Word of God, you, oh, people tell you it's an old book. There is nothing new under the sun. That's why it's still relevant today. There's nothing new. They had drugs and alcohol, prostitution and everything else, homosexuality and everything else in Jesus' day. He did. There was nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. Look, there was murder in the beginning. Cain killed Abel. And if you read it, it didn't take five minutes. I'm in the book five minutes and he's already murdered somebody. What is going on? It was longer than that, but you, that's our mindset we're reading. But hear me. There's nothing new under the sun. why the Bible is so relevant today. God's dealt with everything that we'll ever face. And that's why the Word of God is our go-to. So, in Joshua 1.8, God's telling Joshua, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Anybody want to make their way prosperous? And then you will have good success. You want to have good success or you want bad failure? 
then you need to learn to meditate. Meditate is not an Eastern thing. That, mm, and you, I don't know how your fingers hold. That's junk. That's demonic. Mm, that's not meditate. Meditate means to mutter. And you need to be muttering God's word that Jesus died. You know, I, God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. And I believe in him, therefore I have everlasting life. That's why I tell you when you, you know, some of y'all need to look in the mirror and comb your hair, but some of you can't have hair like me, so anyway. But when you're looking in the mirror and you're getting ready, you're a child of God, you're a man of God, you're a woman of God, you're an overcomer, you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says that you have the victory in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to stay in Jesus today because I want to have the victory. Hmm? You need to mutter that. You need to learn to say that. You can drive down the road. Thank God I'm a child of God. Heaven is my home, but on my way, I'm going to take as many today with me. I'm going to live a life for God. I need to be muttering what God said about me. Are you saying talking to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. You talk to yourself and tell yourself who yourself is because yourself gets, nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. I might as well just go on home, crawl in a hole and die. And nobody, don't lie and say you've never felt depressed. You've never felt that that's the enemy trying to keep you. He's taking you out of the game, and you got a uniform, cleats, and everything. And you're sitting on the sidelines, and you've crawled up in the bleachers. You're not even paying attention. There's a game going on. It's called life and living it for God. And it's time you, God has given you a uniform to put on. It's called the, uh, uh, the, uh, the full armor of God. It's a battle we're in. You know, you can go to a baseball game. You can drive by Houston and, and Minute Maid Park, and they play baseball there. And there are thousands of people in the stadium, and there's thousands of people driving by on the, on the interstate. And the people on the interstate don't know what the score is. They don't even know what's going on. There's people, listen, he don't know we even have a church, don't have a clue what we're talking about today. Hear that truck? But you got a clue today. You're in this thing for a fight, and you fight with the Word of God. You don't fight with these. Or these, you fight with the Word of God because you're an overcomer. How do you get there? How do you make your way prosperous as you learn to meditate? You learn to mutter what God said about you. Go back to Deuteronomy that, you know what, I want to be the blessed coming in. So I say what God said, I am blessed coming in. It says do his commandments. Oh, no, I haven't done his commandments. Get in Jesus. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, you are right with God. So if you're in Christ, okay, I'm, 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 by faith, I'm stepping, I'm into Jesus. Now I can say I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. The fruit of my body, my children are blessed, my basket store is blessed. I'm blessed of heaven and earth because I'm in Jesus. Now if I step out of Jesus... Shoot, I'm just a worm. I ain't no good. I've missed it, and I've missed it, and I've missed it. I'm no good. Nope, nope, nope. Shut up. I want to be in Jesus. I want to learn to stay in Jesus. I want to learn to follow Jesus. Somebody said if you're a follower of Jesus, the dust of his feet get on you. That's how close you are. You don't get ahead of him. You need the dust of Jesus bouncing in your face. You need to be right behind him. And you need to be in him. The Bible says that spiritually that we're in Christ, that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Let's read 2 Timothy 3.14. We read it starting off, 16.17. But look what it says. But you must continue in the things what you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned. You need to remember is what it's saying. Verse 15, and that from a child, or that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me say this there's a lot of churches. And they don't even read one scripture. If I'm guilty of anything, I read too many. Because I'm trying to tell you, show you, show you that this is God and God's backing it up. And he's backing it up. We need to meditate. We need to study. We need to remember what we learned as a child. And we need to put 
It's not just a, a story of logos, but it's a rhema, and let it become alive in it. I mean, I, I, I need that rock. I need a spiritual rock so I can kill the spiritual devil. All of those battles in the Old Testament represent us fighting the devil today. And we do it with the Word of God. We do it with our salvation and the power of our salvation. To know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Come on, he's alive and he's on the inside of us. And so as we look at these things, so here's, here's what the challenge for today is. Read the Bible, study it, but do it with a purpose. I, I believe we need to read the Bible through in a year. That's cool. That's great. But man, sometimes the Lord said, okay, I don't need you to figure out what does righteousness really mean. I need you to figure out what justification really means. What does it mean to be justified? I, look up the definition. Just kind of do a study. Don't take 10 minutes and get it. See, see uh, I was telling them the other, the, other, the other day, there's no such thing as a stupid question to ask me or to ask God. Once you ask your stupid question, it's not a question at all anymore. You know. And once you know that you, wait a minute, I'm right with God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then I'm, if I'm in Jesus, I'm right with God. Well, I'm not in. No, we're in Jesus. And if you find out that you have grieved the Holy Spirit, if you find out that you frustrated the grace of God, you can do those things. My kids are my kids. I told them, y'all go to jail. You steal my kids. I love you. I'll come visit you. I love you. Just because you do something stupid, you steal my kids. We're still God's kids. We may uh, frustrate the grace of God. We may grieve the Holy Spirit because we did something. Then re repent. Wait a minute, I messed up. You'll know. You'll know. Something's not right. I'm not, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have slapped him, you know, whatever. People don't forgive, but God does. And the one main person that you need to get to forgive you is you. And that's the hard one. Man, I don't know. I've had people tell me, line up and tell me that, you know, God can't use me like he used to because I messed up. So the blood of Jesus is not enough. And let me close with this. When we put God's word first, it should be over anybody else. And let me use this example. I made reference to it, but I don't know if I did it enough the other Sunday, but if the Word of God is preeminence, if it's number one, it has to, I cannot let him rule my thinking. I love you, Clayton, but the ugly things that you said about me, I cannot let that rule my thinking. I have to let the Word of God rule my thinking because he's a man and God is God. Come on, God is God, and God's Word is what has been given to us for us to keep ourselves and our minds right, not what somebody said about us. I mean, he called me stupid. Well, I mean, I probably did something stupid. He didn't. But I cannot let that. Somebody told me a rumor about our church. I can't let that ruin my thinking. I have to believe what the Word of God's leading us and telling us to do. And it wasn't a bad rumor. It's just like goofy. But it can get in your head. It can get in your headspace. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I just don't like your shoes. You know, a kid can come up and like, man, I ain't never wearing these shoes. Boy, that five-year-old didn't like my shoes. I'm never wearing these shoes ever again. You cannot let people in your headspace that aren't serving God anyway. Or you're going another trajectory because, you know what, God's not sending you down my road, and I'm not going down your road. Be careful who you tell where God's telling you because they may not can handle it. It's not in their vision. A lot of people have vision like this. Poor old Tony over here, I can't even see him anymore. D d my vision's not his vision. We got to follow God. And how do you know you're following God as you get into his word? Amen? Let me pray over you. The greatest thing you can ever do in this life is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says to repent means to change. And you know what? I, change your thinking. Get in that headspace and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe that he, he, he died a sinless life. I mean, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for my sins. He was the perfect one. He was my champion. 
If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, will you just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett? Come on. Just lift your hand. Jesus died out in the open for you. Will you just lift your hand and say, pray for me? Maybe you're here and you, you felt like you grieved the Holy Spirit. Maybe you felt like, you know, you, you frustrated the grace of God, the love of God, and you just want to repent and just give your, make your life right with him. If that's you, just lift your hand. You just want to come back and serve him. You want to get clean. You want to step into Jesus again. You haven't been living there. If that's you, will you lift your hand? Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody else? A lot of people fill out the card, the visitor card, and they put on the back. We pray over you. I see that hand over there. Anybody else? Just lift your hand. Yeah, I see your hand. Let's all pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. He died for us. We believe that he is the Son of God, and we want to live for him to the best of our ability. Show us your ways. Show us your word. Forgive us. Cleanse us from unrighteous living and move us into you to live righteously and holy for you. It's hard for our flesh, Lord, but you overcame the flesh, sin and the devil. So empower us. Thank you, Lord, for the victory this morning in Jesus' name.